Happy Thanksgiving, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the D2 Nation podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Cavati, and joining me as always is the hardest working co-host in the business, Bethany Bowman. How's it going, partner? It's going good and uh, really pleased to have uh, a new exciting guest here today on the D2 Nation. And, um, you know, it's not going so well for us if we're trying to make a name for ourselves in the predictions business, because last week we sat right here with Chuck Bittner and Brandon Meisner of D2 Football, and each one of us predicted West Florida would make a run at its second straight national title. But the Newberry Wolves had obviously a different agenda. Joining us today is the head coach for them uh, of the Upset Kings, Coach Todd Knight. Welcome to the Nation, Coach. Thank you, Bethany. Thank you, Wayne, for having us on tonight. Yeah, it's a, it's a great story. We had we had to make sure we talked to you and everything that uh, that went down. But before we get to the big game and, and even this season, um, let, let's go back to, to last year, right? So 2017, 2018, 2019, and 2020, you won five games. That was a model of consistency. But last year, in that weird spring season, you did it in just six games. Right. Um, and you had that big one against the Pioneers. What were you able to take away from last year that prepared you for this big 2021? Well, I think uh, we probably played more ball games than anybody else in our league. And uh, that really benefited us. I don't think a lot of teams really wanted to play. I think uh, the presidents got together in our conference and kind of said, okay, we're going to have a spring season. Uh, the minimum's this, the maximum's that. And we tried to play as many as we possibly could. Uh, <clears throat> I just felt like the kids, uh, they were so hungry to play. Uh, they were like a sponge. They wanted to soak it up, every bit of it. So we took advantage of it. Uh, we, I think we had a different approach to it. I think everybody else kind of looked at it as a <clears throat> glorified scrimmages or, a, or a, a, some type of spring football that kind of tied into their 15 days of practice. They treated it kind of like that. We looked at it like a true season, went at it with a different mentality. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of coaches, well, we're just, we just want to work on this. We just want to work on that. We went into it saying, look, it, we're going to win or, or we're not getting on the bus. So uh, we, we treated it like a true season. And I think that really helped us and it rolled over into this. Yeah, it, it showed, that's for sure. <laughs> you flash forward down to 2021 and you had just lost to North Greenville to go one and one at number five Lenore Ryan comes to town your team hangs on and wins snapping a three-game losing streak to the Bears and giving Newberry its first win over a ranked opponent since 2014 was that the spark that made this team believe and maybe when you knew that you had something really special going I think uh, going back to the North Greenville game uh, I think our kids knew that we had something special. I think they went into that ball game maybe a little overconfident. And that really woke us up. Uh, and if you could take a, a, a positive away from that negative game, it is that for me, that it, it kind of snapped us back to reality. Saying, okay, you know, uh, yeah, we won five games in the spring and yeah, we beat Barton. And we walked into that game going, okay, you know, we're going to take care of business here. And kids didn't, didn't come out of the locker room. That's on me. That's my fault. Uh, but I think, again, it woke us up. We knew how big the LR game was. In the spring, we lost to them in double overtime. And that one hurt. It stung. And the kids wanted to make up for it. 
and uh, they played their guts out that day. And coming off of that, waking up from the North Greenville game, coming off of the uh, LR win, I think our kids thought after that that we could we could have something really really special. Yeah, yeah, and and that's that's definitely what you got. We got something really special yeah. going. On. It's fun, and we got it rolling. Now we stumbled a little bit against Mars Hill. We lost in double overtime there. We missed a field goal in the first overtime to win it. But really, looking back at it, we didn't play very well early in the game. We got hot late in the ball game. And, uh, you know, looking back on it, we were beat up. Uh, starting tailback was out. Had a couple of COVID issues. But that's not an excuse. You know, uh, we still should have won that ball game, even with all that against us but uh you know kicking game sometimes uh is tough you know i'm not a very good kicking coach i don't i don't mess with them to be quite honest with you i i work better with linebackers than i do kickers but uh we have struggled in the kicking game this year and the second half of the season uh, our kickers really kind of came together a little bit they've all been hurt I've never been through a season where every kicker on the team has been in the training room. Uh, it's, it's really weird. And uh, to, to go into a couple of games and say, okay, uh, we got one kid. He can barely run. You know, let's squib it. Let's sky kick it. And uh, we'll only kick a field goal if we get to the 15-yard line. That's as far as he can kick. We've had that situation throughout the year. <clears throat> and just over a period of time, uh, they've got healthy and come back around. <clears throat> and luckily in the second half, the kicking game came alive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk, let's talk about quarterbacks because Bethany and myself are fans of exciting quarterbacks. We've had a few on the show, like TJ Davis from the UNK and Ivory Durham from Valdosta State. And obviously Dre Harris fits that bill. Um, talk about his evolution as a player that you, you've watched and, as the leader of this team and, and what makes him so special. Well, Dre's always been an athlete. You know, he's a kid that can beat you with his arm. He can beat you with his feet. But the thing that's made him a complete player over the last two seasons, <clears throat> in my opinion, is his maturity level. He's just grown up. You know, he's been in the system with us now for three years. You know, he's very confident with it now. He could go out and pretty much call it himself. And to me, that's the difference. The kids had the tools, the talent, the whole time. Learning the system, being very comfortable in the system, and just growing up, just being more mature in the locker room, you know, out on the field as a leader. That, that's, that's the biggest difference that I'm seeing in him this season. Um, not only was West Florida the defending national champion <clears throat> quarterback, Austin Reed is one of the best players in Division Two, And it looked like that game could get away for a moment when the Argos rattled off those 27 straight points. Let's talk about the defensive adjustments that you made and how that secondary really worked to make Reed uncomfortable. You're right. He is one of the best players in the country. And after the game, I went over and told him that. Uh, the kid uh, is ridiculous when you're watching film with this kid, the, the passing game from West Florida. It, it's, uh, it's very impressive. It, it's complicated. Uh, they do a great job there. Uh, and he has got a, a cannon, and he understands it completely. He knows where to put the football. 
I think what we came into the game with a mindset of <clears throat> disrupting him by collisioning the receivers, by saying, look, there's no uncontested route, period. Whether we're in a zone, whether we're in bump and run, man free, too high look, and the safety's playing man under, nobody gets off the line clean. And the, the first touchdown that he threw, uh, it was the first uncontested route of the game. And that kind of drove home the point on the sidelines. Do not let this happen again. We've got two pretty good corners. Uh, both of them are in their senior seasons. Uh, a lot of NFL scouts have been to look at them. One kid's been invited to the NFL PA game, uh, Anthony Blue. And we got a lot of confidence in those kids. They've, they've been with us a long time. Uh, they understand the scheme. They're very aggressive. And we banked on them. And we said, look, we're going to stick with the philosophy here of go after him, keep putting pressure on him. He's really not used to, to taking shots, getting hit at all. There's games where we looked at, and he took every snap in the entire ball game and had the cleanest uniform of everybody when it was over with. Nobody ever touched him. And that's a credit to his offensive line. And, and for him understanding the offense and getting rid of the football on time, uh, we felt like if, if we disrupted the routes, made him hold it a little bit longer, that our kids would have a shot to get to him. And we put him on the ground a couple of times, and you could tell he wasn't used to it, and it got him frustrated. But him being the, the great player that he is, he came out of the locker room with uh, the mindset that he was going to right the ship. And he did. Uh, we didn't play a perfect game. And in the second half, we turned the ball over. Dre, uh, I think, played well for us, but he threw a pick. But he also hustled and made the tackle off the pick. And we put it on the ground and gave him a second turnover. And there's part of your 27 unanswered. And uh, we faked the punt to keep the sticks moving. And then we blocked one that turned into a scoop and score off of it. And to me, that was the pivotal point in the game. Yeah, yeah, that punt was huge. Um, and I like what you said. You know, it's funny because I was watching the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Giants game last night at, with cast, <clears throat> and Parcells, Coach Parcells came on and said the key to beating Brady is if you can't play the pressure, disrupt the roots because you ruin his timing. And that's, you know, that's exactly what you were just saying. And that, that's the right. way to... It's one of those things you got to live by the sword, die by the sword. You know, right. you you can bang that route, but you got to get to him eventually. Right. Yeah. You know, and his offensive line's really, really good, really good. So I can't take anything away from him. I think, uh, and I, I don't know if you want to slip into the game. I've kind of gone into it a little bit as we've gone along, but I feel like the week before we played him was big for us. You know, huge game, sellout crowd yeah. against the number one team in the region. Uh, so number one team in the region versus the defending national champions, it doesn't get much bigger than that, especially in the Gulf South, uh, arguably the best division two conference in the country, arguably. Uh, so coming off that monster game, 600 yards offense plus, 61 points on the board, and then 
here comes that little old country school from South Carolina that nobody knows where Newberry even, where we're from. That, that was a, the biggest question in Pensacola. Where are you guys from? I bet we, I bet we told a thousand people, well, you know, we're from South Carolina. And uh, we was kind of banking on that, to be quite honest with you, hoping that they would be sleepwalking a little bit. And we talked all week long, start fast, start fast. We gotta, we gotta jump out of the blocks. You know, we gotta get this going before we wake up the sleeping giant. <laughs> yeah, and you did. You came out, you scored those those quick 14 points. But, you know, I want to go ask you a question that you just touched on, really, with the Gulf South. But you're in that part of, you know, the, the region, too, this super region, too. And, you know, you, you just Florida, and now you got to go play Bowie State, who is simply a remarkable team. Great defense. Again, you're going to First, tell us what it's like to be a coach and team in this super and then tell us what you need to do to beat these Bulldogs. Uh, Super Region 2, I, I know everybody in the country could probably say the same thing that I'm just about to say, but, you know, everybody in our league thinks that the national champion is going to come out of our region. And it, it has for a while, you know, and uh, I think that point's been proven. So it is extremely tough for anybody to make it out of Super Region 2, much less go on to the national championship game and win it. Uh, you've done something uh, pretty remarkable if you can pull that off. And when you're at a school that's got roughly 1,100 students and you're going up against uh, West Florida that's got 12,500 and every advantage in the world at a Division II level, we don't have anything, not one thing that compares to what they have in any category that you could name. We probably have two or three kids on our team that might could play for them. It, it, it's that big of a mismatch. Uh, so our region is extremely tough. Uh, and and I, I think it's kind of a, a great balance between the, the state schools and the, the small private schools and the fight and the struggle back and forth between it. You know, our league, the South Atlantic Conference, uh, hasn't done really well against a Gulf South or a Bowie because of that, that private school mentality versus the bigger state school. Money becomes an issue. Numbers becomes an issue. And sooner or later, the bench catches up with you, in my opinion. <clears throat> but you know, every once in a while, you'll see a team from our league that'll do well. Uh, a Lenore Ryan, a Winget, a Carson Newman, a Newberry. You know, from time to time, you'll have that run. And I think it's tough in our league to be uh, consistently, year after year, uh, knocking off the Gulf South guys. And when you, you go up north and you look at a team like Bowie, <clears throat> and, you know, and I think a lot of people out there may have of the mentality like, well, Newberry just knocked off the defending national champions. You know, uh, playing Bowie's not going to be that hard. <laughs> uh, those guys haven't watched film. <laughs> uh, uh, Bowie's an extremely good football team. Uh, and defensively, they may have the best defense in Super Region 2, uh, especially if you focus on just their defensive line. They're athletic. Uh, they're strong, 
they can flat run. Uh, they're strong enough. If you try to run it at them, they can take you on and stop you. But if you try to run away from them, they can catch you. So they've got a great balance of uh, size, strength, and speed up front. And I've not seen anybody in our league or this region in film exchange this year that can compare to their defensive line. So it is going to be a challenge. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of look at them and us, and there are some comparisons, obviously, uh, with their record, their conference champs, we're conference champs. Um, their defense is uh, nationally ranked. Ranked ours is is uh, pretty good, pretty good. I think we got a really good defense. Uh, I think our offensive line and their offensive line are very similar. I think their defensive line again is the best that I've seen. Uh, I think things like and and this could be. Uh, Comes, come across like as a cliche, but ball security for us on offense is going to be big because Bowie is disruptive. They create a lot of turnovers. If we can control the sticks a little bit and hang on to the football, flip the field when we need to, um, and let our defense play and, and hopefully make some stops uh, and prevent their defense from a lot of turnovers on our part. Looking at Lenore Ryan this past week versus boy, the four turnovers, that, that's the, the biggest uh, stat in the game. I think LR had chances to win the game, but they couldn't overcome the four turnovers. And I'm just hoping that with us, a little bit better ball security, uh, maybe learn something from the Lenore Ryan game plan defensively on how to slow down uh, uh, the fantastic tailback quarterback combination that they have. You know, uh, they can hand it off and the tailback can beat you or the quarterback can pull it and he can beat you. And that is a, uh, a dynamite combination that they have. If we can slow the run game down, it's almost the opposite game plan of a West Florida. Right. So every time West Florida hands the ball off, the way we looked at it, we said, be happy. Get him <laughs> on the ground and be happy. You know, because they they want to throw it and they're going to throw it just about every down. Well, Bowie's the opposite. Bowie wants to run it all over you. And so this week, the mentality with us defensively is every time they throw it, be happy. Go back to the line, line up, be happy. Let's concentrate on slowing the tail back down and taking care of the quarterback at the back door. Yeah. And it's like you said, that defense, man, they're, they're opportunistic Ooh. and they, they're almost like a second offense the way they score touchdowns. It's, it's Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one of the best that I've seen in a long time. And yeah. it, it, you know, it's hard to compare anybody to West Florida. Uh, they were really the class of the league. And their kids, I told, I told Coach before kickoff, I said, listen, you've got the best-looking Division II football team I've ever seen. Bowie State defensively rivals them. And I think up front, they're probably more athletic. Not as big, not as strong as West Florida, but probably more athletic. Yeah. And that's saying something. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. Well, coach, I, I've really enjoyed covering division two athletics and just seeing how many coaches can flat out coach. It's not just Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney that can coach in football, um, such as yourself, you know, and, um, tell me what makes being a division two coach special for you there, you know, obviously are some really cool parts about it and getting to be very connected and close with your players yes. and team. Yes. It's, it's the family atmosphere for us. You know, uh, <clears throat> we don't run the football program. Uh, like a big time program does, I don't imagine. Uh, it's more like a family with us. No, we coach aggressively. You know, we, you, you, you've got to go out there, and I tell the kids all the time, I want the best for you, but I got to get the best from you for that to happen. So uh, we are demanding, and uh, I think we do a good job X's and O's wise, but there's a there's a little more family to it with us, uh, you know, uh, and I'm not ashamed to say, say things like this. You know, I love those kids and I feel like they love the coaching staff just as much. And do, is, do I get on them? Are there days when I, you know, get upset? Absolutely. But, but we talk about those things. And listen, how many families out there fight? All of them. The brother, brothers are always fighting with brothers, that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, those brothers have each other's back and they love each other. And that's what we are. And I think Division Two, you see more of that. And, uh, and I hate to say it, but I can see some of the Division One influence kind of, you know, trickling down to us when it comes to things like uh, the transfer portal that kind of thing, which uh, I'm just not a big fan of it because uh, you see it at the big-time level. People just jumping ship and no no loyalty, uh, that kind of thing. And I'm starting to see that at our level. You didn't used to see that at our level. And I hope it doesn't, doesn't uh, continue to be an upward swing. Yeah, that, that feels – and I definitely – you're definitely right. We've seen it a lot more. That feels like a, um, a result of the COVID, the extra year. Uh, and hopefully kind of balances itself. It, it'll like balance that. out as we go yeah. along. Yeah, I sure hope so. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, though. But, but you know, uh, coaching Division two football is special uh, in a lot of ways that people don't realize and, and they, don't, they don't think about. It. Like you bring up Nick Saban and Dabo. Uh, you know, Dabo's not getting on a nine-hour bus ride <laughs> <laughs> to, to go anywhere. He's not getting on a nine-hour bus ride. Uh, but – those are things that, that you have to do and things that, that people don't think about. You know, where are we going to stop halfway and do a walkthrough? You got to call around, find a high school field, find a college that'll let you stop by. And, you know, do you have enough towels for the kids to take a shower? How many Chick-fil-A sandwiches are we going to eat on that trip? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Nick Saban doesn't worry about things like that. Division two football it's it's still football. It's college football, and kids fight and play just as hard as as Alabama and Clemson. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think the kids at our level are uh, – I'll use the word spoiled, uh, as some of the, the Division One guys are. Uh, it's still about the love of the game mm -hmm. for me and for these kids. Absolutely. More than it is uh, for – being on a commercial for Dr. Pepper. 
Coach, uh, are you a spicy or a regular Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich lover? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a, the regular old original. <laughs> I'm not a hot sauce guy at all. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that's a good question, Bethany, because that leads us to the hard part of the show, Coach, and, and you're about to get put on the D2 Nation hot seat, so we hope you're ready. <laughs> Let's hear it. All right, Bethany, get them started. All right. What is the best football movie of all time? Oh, God. Uh, Brian's song. He oh. goes play back. You don't even know what that is. Though. No, yeah, I, I, I was just uh, reading a tweet from a coach today about that. So it's really funny you say that. And I'm maybe going to go watch it tonight. Now that you said that, I feel uh, like hey, it's fine. Get a box of tissues. Oh. Well, you want to know what's interesting? Uh, uh, you know who else said that on our show is Coach Shinnick said that was his uh, favorite movie. Uh, so. Coach Shinnick and I go back a little ways. Uh, we <laughs> actually uh, coached against each other years ago when he was at Pembroke. He uh, came to Newberry. It was a, a big regional game uh, at our place years ago. Right, right. That's but awesome. we've known each other for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so speaking of coaches, who's a, a coach or coaches possibly that you admire and kind of have modeled your philosophy around over the years? I, you know, I, Bethany brought up uh, Saban. I think a lot of people out there, you know, want to be and, and try to mimic what he does. It's hard to do that with uh, what he has to work with. So it's hard to, to, to model it after him because you don't have uh, the support staff or, or and all the things that go with it but if you're going to pick one you might as well pick the, the guy at the top and he's been the guy at the top for a long time so mm -hmm. you know it might not be x's and o's but how he carries himself how he handles the, the program how he handles the team that kind of thing that that i take from him more than anything sure if you weren't coaching football, what would you be doing? Golly, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, my dad was a bricklayer, so I would probably be in the brick pile right now if I wasn't coaching football. So I'm glad I went to school all those years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's paying off. It's definitely paying off. Do you have any uh, superstitions pregame or something you do, you know, for the entire season every year? I used to be like that, but then I kind of got over it. You know, I, I used to say, okay, I'm going to wear the same outfit every time, the same watch, the same ink pen. You know, <clears throat> I'm a big ink pen guy. So if there was one thing, I, you know, I do have this one particular ink pen that I carry on game day, and that's about it. Nice. I kind of got away from all that. You know, uh, don't wash your socks kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, the wife's not too hot on that. <laughs> is there um any musical artists that you like that really shows your age in front of your players oh god yeah all the time <laughs> uh, you know uh almond brothers i'm uh, i love the almond and i'm a blues guy you know there, there's not any kids that, that uh, listen to the blues nowadays but that's uh that's kind of my favorite genre it's just yeah. the old yeah. I like to hear that because I love the Almond Brothers myself and oh, I'm, I'm a little older. So when we have these questions with student athletes, they drop these musical artists and Bethany's all excited. Oh. about it, And I have no idea. Who exactly. Exactly. 
My dad loves the Allman Brothers, so I know. I know the Allman Brothers. <laughs> okay. You're, you're getting some credit tonight for Brian's song and the Allman Brothers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, Coach, last question since it, we have to ask. It is Turkey Day. What is the best Thanksgiving Day side item? Oh, golly. Uh, my mom used to make sweet potato pie every Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, my oldest brother got the recipe and he's carrying on the tradition in our family. Uh, she's been gone for many years now, but every Thanksgiving, uh, and I'm glad I'm not at home for this one, but uh, every Thanksgiving, I, whether I have it or not, I can still taste her sweet potato pie. That, that's awesome that it's something good and something that means something to you as well. I think that's yes. great. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us, Coach. Um, you know, both Bethany and myself will be watching closely Saturday, and, and we just wish you the best of luck, and thank you so much for joining us. Guys, I've enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun with it. Thank you so much for having us on. And, and hopefully uh, we'll keep busting the bracket, and maybe I'll see you next week. That yeah, sounds good. Before we go, remember, D2 Nation, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and just about anywhere else you want to listen. Give us a follow and have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next week on the D2 Nation.